Welcome back to Scary Bear Attacks. Today's episode takes us to the wilderness just north of Columbia Falls, Montana. The terrain of this area features valleys at around 3,500 feet in elevation, with nearby hills reaching near the mile-high mark of 4,500 to 5,000 feet. The Trumbull Canyon Road is an excellent jumping-off spot for anyone wanting to get into the more remote areas for hunting, hiking, or general adventuring. In this area, there are nearly uninterrupted forests of pine and fir trees that stretch for miles. Along the creek bottoms, willow and alder bushes screen and shelter the white-tailed deer, elk, and moose that sneak amongst them. The berries offering up their fruit to human and animal visitors include huckleberry, thimbleberry, chokecherry, and gooseberry. Patches of stinging nettle, nodding onion, and mountain sorrel decorate the ground with their beautiful flowers and add variety to the visual cornucopia. The dominant predators of the area include cougars, wolves, coyotes, and black bears, but the topic of our episode today is the powerful brown bears of the area. On the morning of November 11, 2018, Anders Brost was teaching a friend, Dan Hansen, to hunt elk and deer. The men had pushed their way through a few inches of snow early in the morning when they approached a very thick, tangled stand of brush. The branches of the leafless underbrush tugged at Anders' clothes and his rifle as he fought his way through it. His visibility was very limited, and he couldn't do anything about the noise of the bushes rustling against his clothes and other branches as he forced his way through. Hansen was about 150 yards away from him, filming as Anders navigated his route. As he parted the brush with effort, he looked up and noticed a big bear head rising up before him from behind a log. He immediately recognized the dish-faced profile of a grizzly bear, and he was filled with terror as he realized he had its focused attention. The bear was a mere 15 yards from him and spun quickly to face the surprise interruption to its slumber. 36-year-old Anders moved to his home he shared with his wife Annika on Trumbull Canyon Road after the two had wed, and he accepted a job at Applied Materials selling specialized bikes around the world. He's always been drawn to the mountains and even rearranged his life so that he could be where he loved to adventure and be active. Annika was from the area and knew her husband would love doing what he enjoyed there. Anders loved being outside. From skiing, biking, hiking, rafting, fishing, and hunting, he is described as spending more time outside than inside. As the bear streaked toward him, parting brush and branches, it clearly drove itself toward a confrontation with the hunter. Anders began stumbling backwards, trying to increase the distance between him and the enraged bear. He struggled to pull his rifle from his shoulder, but his efforts were hindered by the interference from the brush. His mind raced for a solution as the reality of the situation ran through his mind. He was in a dangerous situation and could do nothing about it. The only thing he could do was brace for impact and desperately hope the attack would be brief. As the bear rapidly approached, Anders quickly untangled his rifle and managed to push it between the bear and himself. The rifle barrel grazed the bear's shoulder and did nothing to slow the bear's advance. He couldn't click off his safety and didn't even have time to put his finger in the trigger guard before the bear impacted him as he toppled to his back. The bear was on top of him before he could process it and put the 1,200 pounds of force per square inch bite force to use. It sank its teeth into his right arm and shook its head back and forth forcefully like a dog with a toy. It twisted its head as it shook and Anders heard his arm bones pop under the force of the bear's jaws. The initial bite and the rending actions of the bear's jaws broke bones in his hand and his radius as well as dislocated his shoulder and hand. It then clamped down on his left hand and bit quickly and repeatedly bit into it as well. The bear then focused its attack on his left leg, clenching his ankle in its jaws. Anders managed to kick the bear a few times, but it repeated its tossing motion on his ankle, pulling him downhill several feet in the process. 
Anders grasped, passing by bushes, in an attempt to avoid being dragged off by the bear. After it shook him about, it slipped its jaws down to his boot and bit through it with no problem. Its teeth narrowly missed severing a few of his toes by piercing his boot between them. Anders could feel his boot being pulled from his foot and recalled being oddly worried about losing it. He knew it may be pivotal in his escape and getting back to safety. The force and power of the attack on his ankle had ruptured his meniscus, torn ligaments, and tendons, as well as broken his fibula. It tore open the flesh of his foot as well. As quickly as the attack had began, it ended. The last thing Anders recalls is seeing a big furry rear end retreating into the brush to his relief. He immediately started yelling to his hunting partner, Hansen, to fire over the head of the bear to keep it going away. His hunting partner reported hearing nothing during the attack and being surprised at the condition of his partner when he arrived by his side. The hunters estimate the entire attack took only 15 to 30 seconds. Anders and his hunting partner were fortunate in that the location where the attack occurred received cell service. Anders asked Hansen to call Annika so he could speak with her. She expressed concern for the lack of experience Hansen had and wanted to make sure he didn't shoot her husband. After he spoke with her, the men tried to hike out. After assisting Anders to his feet, Hansen watched as his knee bent 90 degrees in the wrong direction after just a few steps. Knowing now that hiking out was impossible and could cause greater damage, they called 911. This phone call set in motion a chain of informational relays that notified a broad network of government agencies and allowed them to triangulate the hunter's exact location. The cavalry showed up with high-powered rifles and shotguns to the relief of Anders and his hunting partner. Annika called the Kalispell Regional Medical Center and inquired as to the staff on duty. She wanted to make sure her husband had had the best of care, as she worked as an emergency room nurse at the center. Brian Summers, a criminal investigator for Montana Fish and Wildlife and leader of the Wildlife Human Action Response Team, rushed toward the scene along with three game wardens who acted as security in case the bear returned to the attack scene. The investigative crew arrived as the medical team loaded Anders into the rescue copter, dispatched by two bear air. The investigative team combed the attack scene, searching for vital clues as to what led up to the attack. They photographed everything and measured distances between tracks left in the snow. They observed the imprints of Anders' backpack in the snow as the bear drove him into the snowbank. The team analyzed the bear bed for hair or saliva samples to use to identify the bear species or even the individual bear through DNA analysis. Anders was flown to the Kalispell Regional Medical Center where Dr. Joe Bergman, specialist in treating trauma and bear maulings, was waiting for him. Bergman observed bite marks all over Anders' arms, hands, and left leg, too many to count. Being aware that when bears bite, they pull up, causing deep tissue injuries, and inject saliva containing streptococcus, staphylococcus, pseudomonas, and clostridium bacteria, which can cause gas gangrene into wounds. Local medical facilities have concocted a mixture of antibiotics, which are immediately administered to counter such infections. The injuries may look superficial, but can actually be deep tissue wounds and lead to life-threatening infections. Anders received an IV drip containing those antibiotics to prevent serious infection as soon as he arrived at KRMC. They also removed debris from his wounds. Bite information was tediously collected and the information was passed on to the investigative team for analysis. Anders spent seven days at KRMC before he was released to convalesce at home. He underwent a few months of physical rehabilitation before completely recovering. Summers and his investigative team tracked the bear, but eventually lost its trail as it continued out of the area. His samples and information were sent to a research center in British Columbia, Canada for further analysis. There was no source that indicated that the bear was euthanized or identified after the attack. Anders is recovering and has recognized there was essentially nothing he could have done to avoid the confrontation. 
He does have plans to expand his supplies to include a space blanket as well as a satellite tracking device to be safer. He also notes that he willingly adventured into bear country and accepted the risks of doing so. He plans to continue hunting as well as his other outdoor activities and can't wait to get back outside, where he feels fulfilled. He encourages people to go outside and enjoy the risks and rewards the wilderness offers its visitors. After studying the facts surrounding this episode, I'm left with a few questions. Do you think bear spray would have prevented this attack? Do you think this bear should have been euthanized? What do you think Anders and Hansen could have done to avoid this attack? Why wasn't this bear denned up for hibernation? With local farmers and ranchers in the areas of high bear density indicating that they lose between 20 and 25% of their corn crop to foraging bears and also report 20 to 30 cows per year being killed and fed upon by local bears seeking prey, do you think that bear populations are being pushed into human-occupied areas? I would love to read your comments, so please post them below. Our merch store is up and running and linked below, so grab your new favorite coffee mug or mouse pad soon. Our warm weather gear will keep you toasty this winter, and your Christmas gift list will appreciate our low prices. I want to make sure to thank our Patreons real quick. Dave Darboos, Melissa Gottlieb, Patrick McHose, Megan Trend, Nathan P., Dina White, Cole Rodriguez, Aurora, April Donovan, Ryan Cernicky, Char, Chris Marlar, Wayne Washington, Fluffy Feet, Cheyenne, April Donovan, and Drone Adventures. Your support means the world to me. In the source links pinned at the top of the comments, you'll find several video and audio interviews with Anders describing the attack and its aftermath in more detail. Thank you for watching Scary Bear Attacks. As a valued member of our human community, please adventure bravely and be careful out there, especially in bear country.